This podcast is an examination of the historical research of William Branham and his message cult following. William Branham was a minister in the gambling town of Jeffersonville, Indiana, just across the river from Louisville, Kentucky, as early as 1933. He came in contact with the Reverend Roy E. Davis, an official spokesperson for the 1915 Ku Klux Klan, and later Imperial Grand Dragon of the Ku Klux Klan. Davis introduced Branham to the Pentecostal faith and the art of faith healing, which would later be introduced into Branham's stage persona as he took his place among the evangelists in the post-World War II healing revival. Branham is credited by some as being a catalyst for the Latter Rain Movement and Jim Jones of People's Temple. This podcast is not sympathetic to the views of the Ku Klux Klan that William Branham held, but it is disturbing and warrants research. This podcast is an examination of that research. You can find more about this research and other topics on the website william-branham.org. Join us as we turn back the pages of time and examine the controversial issues of William Branham and his message. There is a book by Mary Alice Kronlager entitled Twisted Scriptures, A Path to Freedom from Abusive Churches. To any who have been programmed with the teachings of cult leaders, such as William Marion Branham, this is a very interesting read. Leaders of several religious groups, even including some mainstream churches, are twisting scriptures to subtly force cooperation from their members. And in the process, personalities are changed and lives are ruined. Mary Alice Kronlager is, is a deprogrammer with an international reputation. And in this book, she reveals how classic mind control techniques, think of that, classic mind control techniques are used to systematically seduce followers into total obedience. Many followers of William Branham have realized that there's an unbelievable amount of fictional stories given for fact. Many failed visions and prophecy and exaggerated or false supernatural events. But one of the most common arguments is that he opened the scriptures like I've never seen before. What these people do not realize is that Branham's twisting of scripture is nothing new and absolutely nothing that's uncommon. Sadly, followers who've been programmed by these twisted scriptures must be deprogrammed, and the process can sometimes take several years. Matthew 7 is a lineup of verses that are taken out of context, not just from the context of this chapter, but from the context of the New Testament itself. One of the largest misunderstandings is the first verse itself. Judge not, lest you be judged. Many people mistakenly twist this to be fearful of discernment. Not the mind reading that William Branham called discernment, but true spiritual discernment as is instructed by Scripture. If we keep reading, <clears throat> we find out exactly what the Bible is telling us. It says, Judge not that you not be judged, for with judgment 
that you pronounce you will be judged and by the measure you use it it will be measured to you why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye but you don't notice the big log in your own how can you say to your brother let me take that speck out of your eye when there's a log in your own eye you hypocrite first take the log out of your own eye then you can clearly see the speck to take it out of your brother's eye now remember the context Jesus was speaking to those who were under the Mosaic law those who were thinking mistakenly that they were living righteous by living by the rules but they had forgotten what those rules were made for they judged others by this law yet they broke the same laws themselves remember the words of Christ about adultery he told them that while they thought they were not committing adultery because they kept the laws description of holiness they were breaking that same law by looking at women with lust if we continue that same section we find out that we are to judge not the person but their beliefs we have got to know who is righteous and who is not and the only way to do this is to judge if we continue it says this do not give dogs what is holy and do not throw your pearls before pigs in the King James it's don't cast your pearls before swine which is another twisted scripture but it says lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you this is telling us we have to know which ones are the dogs we have to use discernment these cults tell you not to study or research your belief system avoid the internet avoid television if you're searching if you're doubting you're doubting and doubting is not faith that's what they say but they forget the very next words of Jesus he says ask and it will be given to you seek seek and you will find knock and it will be opened to you for everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds it doesn't say the one who seeks is living unrighteous because they're doubting the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks it will be opened which one of you if a son asks him for bread will give him a stone or if he asks for a fish give him a snake if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your father give who's in heaven give good things to those who ask him now notice this what father would give a serpent when his child asks for fish if God is watching over us while we seek how can these pastors say that God is going to give us some something false for desiring to learn more about him it sounds to me like they're not wanting you to learn the truth that they've been hiding for all these years <clears throat> it continues to say so whatever you wish that others would do to you do also for them for this is the law and the prophets I'm gonna reread that so whatever you wish that others would do to you do also to them for this is the law and the prophets 
Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. <coughs> for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Now notice what is being said here. This is well known. It's called the golden rule. But many forget the part where it says, this is the law and the prophets. When a false prophet stands and condemning women for wearing that makeup, calling them dog meat, he's not only in violation of the first verse of this chapter, but he's breaking the entire Mosaic law and the prophets. That's why the next part of the scripture talks about the wide gate leading to destruction. It's ironic that the very next thing Jesus mentions in this passage is the warning about false prophets. He says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes? Are figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. False prophets and teachers mention the first part of this passage, the wolves in sheep's clothing. They leave out the rest of it. Separately, in other contexts, they mention the second part, which is the fruit that the tree bears. But how many in the following of these cult leaders combine the two without snipping them out of context? It says the diseased tree. Yet we have a false prophet who suffered a mental disease, admittedly, every seven years. A false prophet that's a healer that theoretically should have been able to ask the angel to heal himself, but this says every diseased tree bears bad fruit. Every false prophet that has risen into power, they claim some spiritual event that makes them seem bigger than they are. For William Branham, it was healing. Ignoring the many lies and exaggerations about his healing ministry, let's just examine the fruit. How many do we see in this following that bears that fruit? How many can stand up in the church and call a healing line and every sickness and disease in the building is gone? Is it because they don't have an angel on the platform? Why did they not choose to follow the Holy Spirit which is within them? If it was the Holy Spirit doing the healing, every one of them has the Holy Spirit, they claim. Jesus says that there would be men who did these things in the name of Jesus. In fact, one of the twisted scriptures is the verse that says, Can Satan cast out Satan? And they use this to justify all of these false prophecies. But, if we read this verse, we realize exactly what's going on here. Jesus says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. 
but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and cast out demons in your name, and do many mighty works in your name? And then we'll declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. These are people doing great signs and wonders in the name of Jesus. They are casting out demons, casting out sicknesses. And yet Jesus said that he never knew them. Who are you? I don't know you. Jesus said that these things were very important. The very things that he said in this passage, he said that they were a foundation. He says, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like the wise man who built his house on the rock. And when the rain fell and the floods came, <clears throat> the winds blew and beat that house. It did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these minds and does, does them will be, does not do them, will be like the foolish man who built his house on the sand. Now Jesus is saying that if you keep the words of this passage, you are like the ones who built it on built your house on the rock. Those who don't, it's a poor, poorly built foundation. Those who don't have built their house on the sand and they tell people, don't seek the truth. Don't look outside. And the whole while the house is crumbling. <clears throat> Jesus said, and when the rain fell and the floods came, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Look what's happening now. For many, many years, we have heard pastors say that this message is the truth. I've heard for many years from many different churches, the truth will stand against all scrutiny. Yet, if someone raises a question... They're generally kicked out the door. When I asked a question, I was shunned from the entire church. Why? Because my question had no answer. It's a house built on sinking sand. If this foundation of this message, of this cult, was the Bible, then all a pastor would have to do is say, here's the Bible, here's what it says. Jesus is literally telling us, do not twist the words of this passage to mean something else. They're the foundation, and it's one that's on solid ground. As Christians, we should ask ourselves, why do we listen to these men who think that they have something better to say than what the Bible says? Why do we allow them to twist the scriptures? And why do we continue to listen to them when we learn just how badly they did? When we see the fruits of these cults, all types of abuse, from spiritual abuse to even sexual abuse, how do we ignore the words of Jesus Christ? Who can say that they have the fruit of these cult leaders? Who can say that they can stand up before these large crowds and show the same fruit that this leader had? Or is it a dying, dead grape attached to a, a bunch of thorns? How many across the world now 
are in need of deprogramming. I'll let you decide.